Hi, this is Avi Fischoff, and this recording is regarding twisted parenting, affectionately known as TP, which is an alternative approach that I personally developed over many years to guide families on how to deal with kids in crisis that are unfortunately in a situation of pikuach nefesh, grave danger. The following recording is from my TP crisis group, where parents come together for my support and guidance. Please note that all parents under my care have been sent to me by their das Torah, who commit to remain involved in the entire process to guide and pass in any shyless that come up. Please note that the voices have been digitally altered to protect privacy. She started back in age 10, 11, in fourth grade. There were issues, you know, social issues, always wanted a new start, didn't get along with classmates, and we were always blaming it. She was taller than everybody else, she was, we dealt, one of my daughters had cancer, so we, you know, the house was in upheaval while we went through that, so we thought that was affecting her. It was always, you know, blaming or looking for things, and it was just a cycle. It was, it was, it started about age 10, and then she got kicked out of seventh grade, and she got kicked out of camp. I mean, who gets kicked out of camp? Nobody gets. Um, then she got kicked out of eighth grade, and then we put her into high school and out-of-town high school, which was more lax. We figured that's going to do it, and she got kicked out of that high school. <laughs> um, even when she was home, it was I always got regards. Oh, the minute she leaves home, she pulls up her skirt. And she hangs out in the park, which was around the corner from us, which didn't help much. Um, but, you know, it, it, it wasn't even the case. Even if we didn't live around the corner from the park, she was just in the state of mind that that's what she was looking for. You know, it's always easy to blame, oh, it's the neighbor, it's the friend, it's the this, it's the that. It's not. It's This is where they're at, and they're looking to relieve their pain. And whether it's boys or it's drugs or it's whatever else they're looking for to relieve their pain, it doesn't matter where you live or, or you know, what the outside situation is. Just to give you an idea, we have a large family, and every one of the siblings was an FBI agent. They were calling us, running in, you know where I saw her? You know where I saw her? Uh, you know who I saw her with? We were going to all the neighbors, gathering uh, footage from their cameras, which car she got in, at what time. She used to climb out of the windows in the middle of the night, because I turned on the alarm, so she figured out a way to get out. Just at, at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock, I would come out, I told my wife, it's 4.30 in the morning, somebody's walking around. Where is she? Who is she? And this just kept going on and on. But that's also an environment that we created. Before Abby, which we called BA, <laughs> um, we thought this was parenting. Know where your kid is, put in a curfew, tell them what to do. Um, you're the one who's going to set the guidelines. Otherwise, they're just going to do what they want. But with setting guidelines and with knowing where she is and with finding out all the information and having all our little spies all over the place and telling us, you know, what she's doing and who she's talking with, it still didn't help because she figured out how to curl out the window at 2 o'clock in the morning and meet up with a boyfriend somewhere on the avenue. You know, how much control can you have? You can't. She was kicked out of school. Oh, she was kicked out of school. She was we were kicked taking... out of school. Why? Because she was, she, she went away the for the weekend with in a hotel with four boys. And One girl, four boys in the hotel room, but nothing happened. Well, <laughs> that's what she said. But again, is it really relevant? Is, I mean, that's not the point. If it didn't happen this time, it would have happened another time. It's not. Even basically, the straw that broke the camel's back was we went to a family wedding, and 
at about 11 o'clock at night, I asked my wife where my daughter is. She said, oh, she went home. She's not feeling well. So I said, we're going home. We're in the middle of the wedding. It's a family wedding. I went home. I knocked under the door. She did not open her door. I don't know how I had the strength in my hand, but I turned the knob so hard that I opened it. It broke. The bed was empty. That night I told her, pack your bags. Your history. You're out of the house. As a normal parent, anybody would have done that. Any normal parent most likely would have done that. Because, like everybody told us, you got to put down the rules. And if you don't listen to the rules, you know, these are the rules in the house. And if you can't listen to the rules in the house, then you don't belong here. And, of course, everybody is, what's going to be with the other kids? She's going to influence the other kids. And so this is the advice we got. If she doesn't, if she can't listen to the rules, then you kick her out. And just as a parent, you... If you keep putting rules and, and she defies you and she spits in your face, which is what it seemed like because... Nobody knew better. Right? So So basically, Baruch Hashem, she ended up by a friend, by, by one of her friends who happens to work for a nephew of ours. She ended up living by my nephew for, it was probably about two months. And my nephew kept, well, again, he was in Tachanach. He was... He was pushing, let's learn something, let's do something. Yeah, I should also say that it's, you know, by the grace of God. Because <laughs> yeah. she could have very easily been anywhere else. Been, you know, gone to a boyfriend's house. At Baruch Hashem, she ended up in a, in a mentor's home where at least we were able to communicate with her and, and, and she was on this track instead of that track. So. But ultimately, it was still, you know, I remember picking up the phone and calling a friend and telling her, if she gets hit by a bus today, I'm not going to cry. I know it sounds callous, but when you're, every peer that has been in this group said the same thing. It's, you get to a point where how much defiance can you take? You feel, you look at the child as if they're selfish and they're doing this to spite you and... It's just, you know, it's a rebellion, and... It just didn't make sense, put it that way. So. And, and you all have this talk, you know, you get to the in, into this frame of mind, okay, we really got to be good. You know, we have to talk to her and communicate with her. So you have this conversation, where do you see yourself in five years from now? You know, where do you want to be? This is not going to get you anywhere. We've all had that conversation with the kids. They're too much in pain to even think about five years. They're thinking about today. They're thinking about tomorrow. They're not thinking about five years down the road. But that's the advice we get. Talk to them. Explain to them that if they do this now, in five years down the road, they won't get the shizuk that they want, or they won't, you know, be able to go to college, whatever they want, you know. But they don't. They, they can't even think to, to about tomorrow. And we took her to a therapist that worked one-on-one with her. And basically the therapy session was two weeks her and one week us. And all we heard from the therapist is, you can't let go, you can't do this, you can't do that. Basically, my wife and I ended up with therapy. And uh, a friend of ours and a cousin recommended we call Abby. We picked up the phone, we called Abby. And and from that first phone call, it was like a light bulb lit up, like a like a load came off our shoulders. It was first of all, I had somebody a, to blame for everything. <laughs> it was very easy. I said, "Well, it was, it was on, it should be on his shoulders and not on mine." 
But beyond that, but he made us. He made us understand all this that you've done. You know, locked her up. Uh, I mean, whatever. You know, the curfew has it helped? No. So why do you keep doing the same thing over and over again? Uh, I don't know. Because what else are we supposed to do? This is parenting, isn't this parenting? You set the rules, and if you don't, they don't follow the rules. You set more rules. I thought that's what parenting is. As time progressed, she stopped, she kept going to therapy. I think it took about two to three sessions when she was in therapy after we joined Avi. Uh, I, I should say before you say that, when I told she she started therapy in January when she was kicked out of school because the school basically forced us to go to therapy. Um, and then in May, which is when we saw Avi, I told the therapist, um, this is going to be our new Mahala, because she was, she was recommending, oh, she needs a psych eval, you know, she, she has major problems. So at that point, I told her, we, we had spoken to, to Avi, and I explained to her, you know, our, what the Mahala is from whatever I understood from that phone, first phone call. And she said, let me see. And she did her homework, and she got back to me, and she says, this is never going to work. This is going to enable her to do this, this, and this. Never mind that she's been doing everything anyway. And not a good idea. Anyway, three weeks later, thank God I didn't listen to her, but three weeks later she calls me in to say, you know, um, we have no nothing to discuss in therapy anymore. Connie is not fighting you. You have a good relationship. And I asked her, what should we do now that everything is okay at home? Do you know what she told me? Now it's time to work on my issues. This is the kid who's been in therapy for six months and didn't get anywhere because we were so busy putting down guidelines and fighting with her that that's what she needed therapy for at the moment. But she never got down to dealing with the issues that she had to deal with. Basically, we stayed, uh, we, we spent close to three years here by Avi. And Ari will attest to it that we were probably one of the best attendance records. We didn't miss a week. But you know what? Most of the parents don't miss a week because when you start, you just, you need it. You, you need, when you see the light and you see that this is how to deal with a child and, and you see the results, you see the results right away. Within the first week, I, I came back and I said, you know what? You gave me permission to love my child. I, I felt like, it's not my job anymore to be mechanachar. She has the chinuch from the home. She lived in my house 16 years. She knows what our chinuch is. I don't have to ram it down her throat anymore. Now I have to love her. And, and the whole it was a whole paradigm shift. Now I could look at her like my child and just love her for who she is and accept her. And it was such a relief. It was... It changed the whole house, first of all, because we were always fighting. And today, I was the soft one, he was the hard one. If he did tomorrow, he was the soft one, I was the hard one. We couldn't get on the same page because there were so many dynamics. I just want to share one thing with you. We are Belzer Chassidim. We are Belzer. And I asked the Lutheran if I can come to Avi. And he told me, yes, I should, I should listen to everything he has to say. And if you... Folk. Folk. <laughs> <laughs> about a month after we started here, maybe it was a little long, it was about two months after we started here, my brother-in-law did a shidduch. He did the shidduch and he used Belza Hall in Borough Park on 15th Avenue. And we were all there, including my daughter, and she was not dressed very sphinistic. While I was sitting in the hall, and we heard that the president from our show passed away. So there was a Leviah outside from Devil Halberstam's. Leviah was outside. 
and my wife stayed downstairs. I happened to go upstairs to Dalton Meyer, and at the same time, I went to the Leviah. I was right after a personal operation, so I stood on the top of the steps. And anybody who knows the shul, there's seven, eight steps to go very high up. And I was on the top of the steps not to, not to push. In the middle of the Leviah, the street must have had a thousand people over there. She came out of the basement to go home. And she sees me and she goes, See you later, Ta! And a thousand heads looked up to see who's Ta. Everybody wanted to know who Ta is. After the Levaya, a very exclusive person by the name of Pinchas Friedman, who happened to be by the Levaya, comes over to me and says to me, Dibus Ta? I said, yeah, I'm Ta. He says, you handled this perfect. So I said, yes, thank you. He says, who taught you? And a day later, he came to this group. You remember when I brought him? He came here, he was actually here for a chasana. He went to the chasana two hours late to be part of the group and see what we're doing over here. And he has been back several times. And the rest... What about the one from Mitzvah Tansi? Yeah, Mitzvah Tansi? This is, so this is by Mitzvah Tansi. I think this just said it all. Because from somebody who kicked her out three years before to this, I think this just said it all. And this is our relationship. It's, and if not for... <laughs> Baby's two weeks old. She has a wonderful husband and amazing in-laws who just accept her for who she is and She's Mishpacha, Shabbos, Erlach, without Avi, it would just wouldn't ever happen. Mahalach is it's just that. Love and love and love. And you think, where are you gonna get with love, you know, without rules? It just that's that's what these kids need. It's it's the only healing for the pain that they go through. This is Avi Fischoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.